Hello everyone and welcome to this, the second episode of the all-new Tourist Camping and Four-Wheel Drive Adventures podcast. In this second episode, we chat with Philip Bond, founder of APB Trading Limited and one of the UK pioneers of the four-wheel drive touring and vehicle expedition preparation and equipping industry. In this episode, Philip tells us a little bit about his time rally racing. He explains how and why he came to found APB Trading and later to launch ExpeditionEquipment.com and also shares some stories about notable vehicles that have come through his depot and also gives us some insight into the the development of the four-wheel drive touring and overlanding industry in the UK and also gives our listeners some advice on important things to consider when deciding how to kit out your own vehicle for an expedition. Hi Phil, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Let me start by asking, how did you get into four-wheel drive and expedition outfitting and, and come to found APB? Uh, APB started um, through uh, through a hobby and basically uh, an interest in Land Rovers, mainly Series 1s in those days. And um, I started uh, trialling with the Midland Rover Owners Club, uh, Series 1 80-inch Land Rovers, uh, repairing them. And uh, that that then led to um, local people, farmers and so on, asking about uh, could I repair their Land Rover and uh, get parts for them. And uh, the, there was quite a, a gap in the market because nobody knew where to get parts from. So I did a lot of investigation and started selling and warehousing parts at an old mill um, which was my workshop that uh, belonged to my parents. The four-wheel drive uh, grew from that um, mainly as I say Land Rovers, series Land Rovers. Uh, The all-wheel drive club um, I uh, joined and we did uh, quite a lot of events in the UK all over the UK Back in the 70s, we did a, an event for BBC Wheelbase programme up in Scotland, and uh, that was quite an interesting event. We then developed uh, the vehicles and took them to France, did one or two rallies in France, the main one being the Rally de Seams in the Pyrenees. That's in the Basque area of the Pyrenees. That rally still runs to this day but it's a lot tamer now than it used to be when we did it. In those days, you had to chain up for every single stage, and it was a three-day event, so it was quite grueling. My uh, interest then uh, expanded. Parts were being stored at a family old mill at Churchill. We stored parts at um, and sold parts at Churchill, and then... From there, we expanded. I was still doing a everyday job and selling parts and doing repairs evenings and weekends. I then uh, moved to a small unit on Hartlebury Trading Estate um, and had a friend of mine, who self-employed guy who used to look after the shop during the day uh, in the week when I was out working. And then I used to sell the parts and so on, um, evenings, weekends, uh, and do some repair work. Hartlebury expanded from that 
to uh, put in a lot more parts. Uh, we were delivering all over the Midlands. This is long before the internet was around. And uh, uh, we uh, expanded from there and put an, in workshops as well. The business grew over quite a number of years. Um, and then with the onset of um, the internet, the trade parts side became a lot quieter. Nobody really um, wanted daily deliveries because we were running vans all over the Midlands. And from that, um, we, uh, ex I say, expanded the workshops, did more in the workshops. And through business, I was introduced to um, some friends from South Africa and uh, the overlanding and adventure travel side developed. Um, so I took a trip out to South Africa and met in quite a number of suppliers and uh, of whom we're still dealing with today. These suppliers um, helped me collate containers um, and we uh, load containers and bring product back to the UK um, or rather to the UK for um, adventure travel people. This is all high-end, good-quality stuff. Uh, no sort of copies. These these are all the original pioneers of the roof tent and the travel fridge and so on. We have a wide range of product available, um, and our our uh, warehousing and workshops have just continually expanded over the years, and uh, to to where we are today, really. Is it fair to say that you were one of the first in the industry in the UK and, and one of the pioneers? Yes, yes, we would have been one of the first outfitters, definitely. Yep, we've uh, um, yes done quite a wide range of vehicles and been involved with some very interesting vehicles. In fact, we were involved with a number of vehicles of... Uh, Sir Ranulph Fiennes, um, some vehicles that he didn't um, uh, use because it was a cancelled uh, trip due to his uh, illnesses. And, um, and a lady from America bought one of the vehicles which we um, prepared for the Landmine Survivors Network. And that did extensive work in Bosnia for many years. Um, the vehicles were, uh, um, it was at the time that Land Rover were selling uh, the company and there were change of ownership. And these vehicles got left, I believe, in a warehouse or in a car park at Gaydon. And um, uh, they got then put in a closed auction and uh, were sold off and some of them landed up at main dealers and one of them landed up at a main dealer at Shrewsbury and consequently, um, they indirectly, most of them found their way through our workshop through various different projects. You told me when we were speaking recently that uh, one of these vehicles came through your possession several times, is that right? 
Yes, yes, we did. It, uh, we prepared it for the Landmine Survivors Network. It was then, um, uh, well, for Kelly Shin, the American lady. Um, she then sold it to the Landmine Survivors Network when she'd done her work with it. We then bought it back uh, when that job was completed. And uh, it was uh, in our possession again, and we sold it. I believe a couple of times after that, it came back to us. You raced in the Rally de Seams a few times? I did the Rally three times. Did you find it to be tough? Um, very tough, um, very enjoyable, great fun. Um, it was just a, 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 you know, a privilege to enter the event and, and to finish. And I finished twice out of the three times. Um, I landed up with a blown gearbox on the last last time I uh, um, entered. Yeah, we uh, we saw quite a few accidents and uh, uh, one fatality in front of me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, a, a, you know, sort of very, very tough event. We used to go a week in advance of the event and walk all the stages backwards. Uh, so we'd start at the top of the mountain and walk all the way back on every stage, checking every stage before we competed. And uh, it was myself and some crew guys and usually a number of us from the All-Wheel Drive Club used to do this. We camped at Tardets and uh, used to go out every day preceding the event, uh, wrecking the whole event. I guess you had to maintain and repair the vehicles yourself. Are you a mechanic also? Um, only self-taught. Self-taught mechanic. Um, I didn't go to college uh, for... Um, mechanicking believe it or not i went to college and university and i was in the uh, shop fitting trade uh, and i had my own shop fitting business uh, prior to the land rover business i've just uh, learned on the job today it's so much more complex with all the um, computer equipment did your background as a shop fitter help when you began to kit out expedition vehicles yes yes it did uh, because um, when we're kitting vehicles out, um, I was always used to making things and, and you made things fit and you had to alter things. And still to this day, I have an eye to see how you can adapt and uh, uh, make projects work for various clients when they want particular um, applications on their vehicle. Yeah, shop fitting was, gave me a very good background for that. When someone comes to you looking for advice with a view to getting a vehicle kitted out, what's your process for advising them and recommending specific vehicle and equipment uh, configurations to them? Well, the, the first thing is I talk to the client and find out what his ambition is, what he wants to do and where he wants to travel. And then we often find that, you know, some people will recommend far too much equipment you know, you don't always need as much as people seem to think. For instance, everybody thinks you should have a winch. And quite frankly, 90% of the time, you'll never, ever, ever use it. 
and it's a big expense and a lot of weight to carry around. So yeah, I talk to the client, find out what they what they want and what they want to do. A lot of people are often traveling with the family, so you've got to think of um, being able to uh, keep food fresh and cater for more than say just two people. Often it could be four or five. So you have to adapt the vehicle to the client's needs. So every single vehicle would be different. I talk to the client, see what they want, and then um, make suggestions around the vehicle and then draw up a plan uh, with the customer. And it often takes half a day, at least sometimes a full day to go through everything on the vehicle that they want and then show them other vehicles that we've done and suggestions and ideas, and we, we, we come out with a solution. Do you know some of the places where vehicles kitted out by APB have been taken to? Well, I know we've got vehicles that have driven from the UK to New Zealand, to Australia, have driven all through Russia, right down in Thailand and Vietnam. I know we've had vehicles all through America and right down to South America. So pretty much most of the countries throughout the world, we've had vehicles that we've kitted for people. Have you been on any expeditions recently yourself? Only relatively small ones, nothing too serious. Um, I've been down to the Pyrenees and and done quite a lot of trips throughout uh, Europe, but nothing too extensive I've done myself, no. What advice would you give to someone on choosing a suitable roof tent for themselves? I always talk with a customer and find out how much sort of space they want when choosing a roof tent. There's a lot of poor quality copies out there. You'll pay a little bit more, but you'll go for a much better standard of quality. If the client wants to have lots and lots of room, then we would suggest a fold-out type of tent. But if they want a tent that's very simple to put up and take down and they're doing it on a nearly a daily basis, then the the clamshell style tent is probably better. But um, again, I talk to the customer and see what's most suitable for them and usually show them both tents and let them try both tents. We also have access to a number of hire companies that have uh, vehicles fully kitted and we often suggest that they have a, a, a trial weekend away or a few days away and and try different types of tent. And you're also associated with another company that lets prospective customers try out some of the tents and other gear that that you stock? A few years ago, we were approached by a guy called Chris Barrington, who was setting up a hire company. He wanted to kit out two Land Rovers, a 90 and a 110, for uh, hire people. Um, often people just wanting a few days or a weekend away. And we were involved with that and kitted those vehicles out with um, split charge systems, draw systems, roof tents, awnings, and, and made it very simple to use, and uh, but high quality equipment. And Chris has gone to a great deal of detail and trouble to make sure that the client is totally happy when they when they go off for the weekend or however long, and um, it's a it's a very good idea to have a look at those vehicles if people are thinking of kitting a vehicle out and go away for a few days with them and see how they feel.
living out of a vehicle because it's um, quite a culture change for most people. And that's hireadventure.co.uk. You stock a lot of South African brands. For you, what makes the products from these brands so special? Most of the South African brands, or all the South African brands, uh, uh, they they build the, the product to work. And consequently, they use, should we say, tough fabrics, tough product and tough uh, materials uh, and, and build something that will work in, in extreme temperatures. The, the, the canvas, for instance, on the Easy On Roof tents and the canvas on the Camp Moor ground tents. I mean, when you're zipped up, even in broad daylight, sun on the outside of the tent and so on, they're still totally black inside. So, you know, you've got, you can have an extremely good night's sleep. You're not waking up at three and four in the morning because you, you know, the light straight through the tent, which is what you get with a lot of the lower grade materials. One of your brands is National Luna? Yes, well, um, National Luna developed their fridge range many years ago when some, well, over 25 years ago, I think it was exactly, I don't know exact time, um, you know, how long exactly, but the, the National Lunar Fridge was developed initially for the World Health Organizations for transferring vaccines and organs throughout Central Africa. And, and National Lunar did a lot of development and work for them. I think finally, World Health didn't use the project. I don't know exactly what went on, but Luna had done all this development work. So they decided to put the fridge on the open market. And the, the earliest of the fridges was the 40 litre single bin fridge, which is still available to this day and extremely efficient unit. They're sold throughout the world and they have now developed a vast range of products, including all their split charge systems, battery management systems, and and, and gone into LED lighting and so on. The fridges, there's a, a, a wide range right from 40 litre up to 125 litre. So there's a, a choice and there's a product to suit everyone. They're extremely reliable. If you want a fridge to work in 50 degrees, it will work in 50 degrees. And what often people don't realize is that, you know, if you have a fridge in a vehicle, the inside temperature in that vehicle, uh, often when you're parked and so on, is extremely hot. And that's why you need something that is totally efficient and the insulation properties are extremely good. And that's where uh, Luna scores way ahead of most of the competition. I know you're fond of a bit of fishing. Yes, I do. Um, I do quite a bit of uh, salmon fishing, fly fishing, and obviously all my um, kitted out vehicle is uh, ideal for that. So I can live on the river bank for a day or two, which is uh, always quite fun. I do quite a bit of deer stalking as well and I often live in the forest with all my equipment for a few days the same. So, uh, it, yes, it's, all, all, all the adventure travel equipment isn't just used for overland travel. It's used in, in, in a lot of other areas, fishing, shooting, hunting. Can you kit out any types of vehicles at your workshop? 
yes, we kit out um, pretty much any four-wheel drive vehicle. We've done right from cameo trucks right down to smaller vehicles. We've put roof tents on freelanders, and we've we've also kitted out, as I said, Mercedes cameo trucks or man trucks. So uh, we pretty much can fit out anything. In the more recent years, we've been doing a great deal with double cab vehicles, whether it be VW, Toyota, Ford Ranger, Isuzu, Nissan, all the double cabs since the demise of the Land Rover have become extremely popular. They're probably more reliable, uh, particularly the Toyotas. And we use the Bush Tech canopies that we bring in from South Africa because they're a load-bearing canopy, and so you can mount equipment on them. Uh, two and a half ton load tested, 10-year warranty on the frame. So depending what you're doing, whether you're a fisherman or a scuba diver, you want to carry a rib boat, or you want to put a roof tent, it, they will take the load. So uh, And they're very secure, side locker doors, as well as rear doors. So um, extremely well-built hand-built and a high-end finish. Do you do mechanical work on the vehicles also? Yes, yes, we do uh, whatever mechanical work's needed. Quite often it'll have, if it's an older vehicle, it'll have a suspension change and we we put a suspension kit on and rebush the suspension and change springs and shock absorbers or struts, whatever type of suspension it's got. There's quite a lot of aftermarket people out there doing uh, some extremely good aftermarket kits for the double cab pickups. How long does it normally take you to kit out a vehicle? Um, we, we often have a vehicle at least a couple of months. Some of them, depending on the extent of the work that's being done, it might only be three or four weeks, but we don't rush the job and quite often we can have the vehicle for a couple of months. Have you been on any trips recently? Yes, um, recently did a very enjoyable trip to uh, Western Ireland and uh, met uh, Mark and Russ from Taurus and spent uh, a long weekend with them in the uh, County Mayo uh, in the wilderness area and then on Ackle Island and uh, evaluating and filming product. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about APB and its services? Uh, yes, we um, APB provide parts service for uh, Land Rover and four-wheel drive vehicles. We send parts all around the world. We have a export department that handles all the products that can go overseas. We've just sent a consignment to Jamaica but we send the product all over wherever anybody wants it sent. We can supply the product. We can do everything from, um, you know, the old Series 1 parts uh, right through to the more modern stuff. We do day-to-day servicing, uh, repairs, servicing, uh, welding work, chassis replacements, full rebuilds. We really cater for anything and everything. We've done a number of chassis changes Uh, more recently. People that are interested in learning more can also catch up with you at some of the industry shows. 
Yes, we do a number of industry shows. We've done shows, everything from game fairs, Land Rover shows, specialist four-wheel drive shows throughout the UK, though we're finding more and more that people are reliant these days on the internet. And what we're trying to do is have, uh, we, which, which we are doing, is having a range of products available for display at the works. And we try to get the clients to come to the works to Hartlebury to see the product because I can spend a lot more time with them there if they make an appointment than you can at a show. And they can see a full range of our products. We have tents that we put up and vehicles that are kitted out uh, for display purposes. And just to recap, what is some advice that you give, you'd give to someone who's thinking of kitting out a vehicle? Yes, I mean, the, the first thing I say to the customer is, it will say to the client is, is y tell me what you're planning on doing and we can advise what we would recommend, first of all, the best vehicle for the job and then the best equipment for the job. And, and as I've said before, uh, I see often vehicles over-kitted with too much stuff and they're carrying far too much weight. Depending what you're actually doing, you tell me what you want to do with the vehicle and, and I can recommend the, the best sort of layout for the vehicle and the best vehicle for the job. I think you've got to, uh, you've got to um, find out whether the client is going to be 100% reliant on that vehicle so that they need uh, water supply for so many days, fuel supply, um, cooking facilities and all that kind of thing. As against some people who venture holiday, but they, they'll tend to go into, may travel Eastern Europe, for instance, and go into campsites nearly every night. So the, the extent of the um, kitting out would depend on what the client wants to do and what his aspirations are for him and his family. I mean, a lot of the time, people are very safety conscious. So if they've got a family, they wouldn't necessarily need hot water systems and so on in the vehicle because they would tend to be in in proper campsites most nights most essential obviously is reliable vehicle you know a suitable vehicle for the jobs suitably um, mechanically sound and the suspension wheels tires very well sorted out and then you would need to make sure you've got whatever type of sleeping accommodation you need you want to be able to have your split charge system, your battery management system, which would have solar support as well, um, hot water system, water on board the vehicle, and obviously make sure you've got enough fuel for the vehicle for where you're traveling in the world. Before we sign off, is there anything that you'd like to say to the listeners? Yes, um, we have uh, an online store for all our overland and adventure travel equipment, which is uh, expeditionequipment.com. We also have our, our general uh, service and repair side, which is uh, accessed through apbtrading.co.uk. And that is the, you know, the side that you can book servicing and so on through. Uh, we also then have an, an eBay shop of which we use for 
selling redundant and surplus products, well, please come and talk to me. And I would advise you, the best of my knowledge, from uh, using the equipment and traveling with the equipment, uh, come and talk to me. I don't charge for advice. But what I will say is, you know, we, we, we would expect people to um, obviously buy product from us. I don't give a free service and then you go somewhere else. <laughs> That's great, Phil. Thanks very much for your time and for taking the time to share your stories and advice with us. Bye for now. OK, thank you, Mark. Excellent. Speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye.